and welcome back. We are Highly Invested, a podcast centered around reading and rereading Brandon Sanderson's ever-expanding Cosmere series. My name is Dappert, and I'm joined on this trip by two individuals who I'm thankful to know, Betsy and Richie. Aw, love that dude. Love you, buddy. Love you. But uh, we had some questions, I think, as we, we learned while preparing for this that we always talk about either another book or about Red Rising and how much you guys hate it. Uh, so I'm, I'd love to know, what would you guys say are your favorite Pixar movies? Favorite Pixar movie? Um, I feel like they come in like two, like two eras for me, where the first would be The Incredibles. Um, That's such a good one. For nostalgia. Um, That's a very good one. Yeah, like, I I probably would just call it number one. Um, and then uh, a runner-up would be, honestly, a runner-up would be Onward for me. I don't know if you guys have seen Onward. It's a, I haven't seen it yet. I feel like I want to be mentally prepared to watch it. It was really good, and it's, like, about basically, like, a world where they've really been pushing D&D when you think about it, but this is basically, like, a D&D world. Um, but it's a D&D world where magic has slowly faded to time and now everything is a little bit more modern. And it's about a kid trying to f- explore that past of where, D- where the magic side was popular. Maybe I'm thinking of a different movie. <laughs> what are you thinking of, Betsy? Is that the one that was like kind of about death? You're thinking of Coco. Yeah, that's no, Coco. I'm thinking of... Yeah, onward. They're, aren't they trying to like find their father who passed away, like his soul or something? Oh, okay. So yes, I didn't want to say most of it, but I've fa- never seen it. Sounds like a spoiler. <laughs> We're not they're on fa- the bus right now. Betsy trying to drive her own bus here. Um, but yeah, no. They bring they their father passed away when they were young, and the younger kid never got to meet him. So he casts a spell to see him for one day. And it only brings, they mess it up and it only brings half of his body, only his legs. So they go on a journey to try and fix it so that way that he can meet his dad for the first time. It's very, very sweet. I remember seeing the trailer and just knowing I would cry if I watched it. I literally (laughs) sobbed at the end. (laughs) I sobbed. It was a a very healthy cry. Those are two good ones. I feel like you've got like a classic one and a newer one. I haven't seen a lot of newer Pixar movies. Yeah. So what would you, what would um, yours be? I mean, Incredibles is such a such a good pick. I honestly, I ha- kind of have to go Finding Nemo. I feel like it's it's the cliche answer, but not only is it a great movie, but I feel like it was, it was so defining for like when we were younger. Everyone was obsessed with that movie and I feel like that was the era when like there weren't so many like animated movies coming out like there wasn't streaming yet and so everyone was like so excited when like a Shrek would come out or like something like that and Finding Nemo was like a huge movie yeah that movie changed lives yeah it was uh, that's a great pick what about you Dap what's your favorite Pixar all right so I I I'm pretty basic with it I love Toy Story. I grew the up on first that. Toy I Story. Saw the first Toy Story. I loved that movie so of much. Course. We all did. We all did. I know, but I would really well. So on long car rides, 
whenever I would be going from, I don't know, like New York or somewhere else, we would always bring like a small TV in the car and like loop it up with weird AC adapters. I don't know. This was the, this was the nineties and we would bring like three movies and one of them would usually be like, well, one was always Shrek, which we always watched that, but then also Toy Story. And I watched that movie like 400 times. Wow. That is awesome, dude. For for me, it was more, I mean, Toy Story 2 was, was big, but for me, it was like a lot of Disney, just Disney animation movies. It's so crazy though. Like, like Noah, like there's so many good Pixar movies. Like no one said Monsters, Inc. No one said Up or like there's so many good ones. Or if it was Sam, he would say Cars too, right? Cars, yeah. Not even the first one. <laughs> Um, no, so there's there's a lot of great movies. picks, and then like honestly, Coco is probably I would say Coco would probably be the Coco, Luca, Soul, Ratatouille is technically shit. Yeah, I I didn't know that, but it's on the list. That would be, Inside Out. That would be Max's favorite. Hmm, that would be no doubt about That's, that. Wait, does Will Arnett play Remy? <laughs> yes. I never knew that. I'm oh learning that live on camera. <laughs> Did you say Will Arnett? I thought it was Patton Oswalt. What? No. Wait. Oh, you're correct. What? She, Will Arnett plays Horst. Yeah. He, the rat oh. sounds like Patton Oswalt. I'm, mi- I'm mixing up my rats. Max is going to hate me. Um, what uh, are what? you thinking about? I don't know. Horst. Sure. You're thinking of the rat czar. That's it. That's the one. Okay. Second question. If you had to listen to one song for the rest of your life, can't listen to any other song, what would it be? Hmm. That's That's such a hard question because you would come so quickly to hate that song. It would drive you crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It would have to be, I would say, like a little bit more complex. Maybe no lyrics? Because that would be better. I actually thought about that. I feel like there's two ways to go with the answer. It's like pick a song, like songs you love and have loved for a really long time, and you know you'll love them for a long time more. Or like you could take this like strategic answer where you pick like some orchestra soundtrack. It's like a twenty, it's like, twenty minutes long. You like no, you'll like never go insane yeah. or something. Yeah, like, like or it's like twenty minutes long. Go insane more slowly. Oh, oh yeah. Actually, I was going to say. Oh, do you guys have? Do you have one yet, Dapper? Uh, yeah. If I had, I, it's not gonna be what you're looking for, unfortunately. I definitely would pick "Going to California" by Led Zeppelin. That's my all-time favorite song. I love that song. It's I. If I had to pick any song that I could never listen to anything else again, I would probably get really sick of it. But going to California, Led Zeppelin. Not if you like play it like only like once every like week or something. So I maybe how long is it? Music all of the time, <laughs> all all of the time. I could not be alone in my own thoughts. Is something I've realized recently, and I always listen to music, but I would go crazy honestly if i wasn't able to it's like betsy with podcasts yeah i listen to podcasts nonstop for the same reasons <laughs> i'd probably say like this is so cliche but like the chain by fleetwood mac the chain or 
I love anything Stevie Wonder. You said your movie pick was cliche also. It's okay. (laughs) Those are great picks. Wait, what was the Stevie Wonder one? I'm sorry. I love like all Stevie Wonder, but maybe for once in my life for Superstition. That's such a good song. Oh, those are so good. But those are like, because they're not like my favorite songs, but they're songs that have been like in my life so far for the whole time. Mm. So So I'm going to throw a little bit of curveball here because I um, like if I was going strategic, like we were saying, like I would pick like Vivaldi seasons and maybe that would incorporate all of the seasons because then it would be so long. Um, But if you only listen to like one part per season. Yeah. Um, But if it was actually like my favorites, I would I would pick Steely Dan and I would pick Deacon Blues. I don't know if you ever heard of Deacon Blues, but it mm-hmm. is one of my favorite songs of all time. And I think that the, it's complex enough where I could focus on the lyrics one day, or you could focus on all of the live instruments being played in the background, because it's just so smooth. One of the most purest sounds, I think, that specific song. That's a smart pick. Have you ever heard the John Mulaney, like, stand-up bit about steely dan no what did he say (laughs) so he went with wait who's um who's the guy from snl who's from staten island uh pete davidson so john mulaney and pete davidson are like best friends but they're very different people and john mulaney who's like kind of your like he's like wears a suit and talks like he's from the 50s and then there's pete davidson and he took him to a Steely Dan concert, who I guess performs at like Radio City or something every year. And apparently a Steely Dan concert, nobody stands up. Everybody stays in their seat the whole time. And it's like kind of older people and they just, it's like they sit in their seat and they kind of like just dance what? in their seat. And um, first of all, I don't know, you'd have to look up the bit, but Pete Davidson like thought Steely Dan was the name of a comic so he didn't know what was happening and then he got there and he got and like they're sitting in this like everyone's like dance like slowly like vibe into Steely Dan yeah and then Pete Davidson just stands up and he's like everybody get up and like gets everybody hmm. in the concert hall up for Steely Dan it actually <laughs> oh, works great. I'll, I'll send you the YouTube video it's pretty that's funny that's awesome yeah, that that would be my pick. I really do love them. So I guess I'm I'm an old head. Uh today we will be discussing chapters 52, 53, and 54 of The Way of Kings. This podcast will be divided into a spoiler section and a non-spoiler section for listeners reading Cosmere novels for the first time. And to kick it off, we're going to go into chapter 52, A Highway to the Sun. Dalinar, Adeline, and Renarin are back. We rejoin them right before a high storm in Dalinar's rooms as Dalinar prepares for another vision to come. The three of them have a deep discussion of Dalinar's plan to abdicate the High Princedom to Adeline as he has clearly gone crazy and is seeing visions and having voices speak to him. Oh, and also having seizures during the high storms themselves. Adeline is quite mad that he has to become a High Prince, but Dalinar won't hear any of it and tells his sons to tie him to the chair so he can be safe and they can be safe during the vision. And then the high storm hits, and we are with Dalinar as he instantly teleports to another place somewhere. 
He's on guard duty on a keep wall with a bunch of other rummagey-looking soldiers bored out of their mind. But he knows something is going to happen and tells the guards to look alive. Much to their surprise, as Dalinar has taken the place of someone who's apparently not the most avid soldier like Dalinar himself. Dalinar is, of course, right, and he sees a line of soldiers slowly moving towards the keep. He rushes down the stairs to find out more of what's going on and sees an officer, and to be clear, he sees a dark-eyed officer commanding light eyes. Shocked at this, he looks out a window to see what is going on outside and spies hundreds of Knight's Radiance, an unpainted glowing shard plate, walking towards the keep. While looking at them, and realizing he's literally seeing twice or even three times more shards than he thought existed in the world, the knights take out their shard blades. Realizing what's happening, Dalinar runs out of the gate and straight towards the Radiance. As he approaches, a man in glowing blue shard plate walks up, spears his shard blade into the ground, and begins stripping the shard plate off of himself. Begging for an explanation, but getting none, Dalinar watches in tragedy as hundreds of shards are cast aside by the Radiance. As this goes on, he begs more and more knights for answers, until the same voice he always hears in his vision speaks to him. Dalinar knows then that this is the day the Radiance betrayed mankind. The voice war- warns him of coming darkness as he turns around and sees all of the soldiers he was on guard duty with begin fighting and killing each other for the shards the Knights Radiant left behind. Dalinar awakes in his room and reiterates that he is clearly going mad, or maybe worse, these visions are warning him of something terrible. He and his sons bicker back and forth until Renarin suggests the novel idea of proving the visions true or false, which means recording them and analyzing them, with the help of the Princess Yasna, of course, who isn't there. She's not in the plains, as we know, so they reach out to her mother, the Queen Navani. And after Navani records everything Dalinar says, they analyze briefly before Navani shoes away Adeline and Renarin, leaving her and Dalinar alone. Dalinar immediately gets flustered and demands she leaves, clearly ticking her off, and so she does. And after she leaves, Dalinar sits and prays, contemplating whether he's going crazy, or if someone, or something, is trying to warn him. I do think that was probably the longest chapter summary that I have done yet, so thank you listeners for sticking with me. (laughs) That was intense. Uh, That was intense. There was a lot that goes on in this chapter, but we're back. We are so back. Yeah, Dalinar, I mean, the chapter was very long Minecraft as well. Steve. Yeah, yeah. It's a long chapter. There's a, a lot, lot happens. in this Minecraft chapter, Steve is back. in the next Dalinar's. Yeah, Minecraft Steve. I forgot about that. That feels like so long ago. <laughs> it was point. months ago, to be fair. It was literally months ago. And what did we say for Adeline? He's like Prince Charming from, from Shrek. Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're kind of in the tense moment in this opening scene. I thought it was like a really, I'm trying to say the word interesting less, but interesting (laughs) moment between Adeline and Dalinar when, you know, Adeline is saying like he's willing to step up to the plate someday, but he's not ready for it to be this day. And Dalinar is saying that, you know, leadership never comes to you on your own timing and 
there's sort of this interesting conversation there around that. Yeah. Um, Adolin, he's got no answers and he's just pushing back on his dad, like saying, no, you can't abdicate, but also you might be a little crazy, but also don't act on that because I don't want you to leave yet. It's like he, he, he has no real decision. He's just afraid of change in his dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's yeah. being a little immature and, with and it. It's, and it's true that like a lot of the things that Adeline said were sort of the nail on the coffin, I feel like, for Dalinar to make this decision for himself. Like it wasn't the only thing, but I think a lot of kind of him being concerned that he wasn't um, like right in his right mind were what really drew Dalinar to coming to this conclusion. Yeah. So it's kind of like coming back. No, well, no, I really Adolin. loved that part of this at the beginning where Dalinar is either like, well, son, you're right and I'm crazy and I should leave or I'm right and the visions are real and I should still probably leave. <laughs> yeah. So like either way, Adolin's it's just in between a rock and a hard good. place. Yeah. I mean, well, Betts, let's get to the let's get to the meat and potatoes of this chapter. Um, what were your thoughts after Dalinar mm. is strapped down and he sees this vision, dude? What what's going on here? What is happening? Also, here? like first of all, Dalinar always kind of just being like, sort of saying things straight to the point, being very dry when he's like tie my arms to the chair like it was just a very dramatic (laughs) moment and then we're like in it (laughs) Um, he's so he's it looks like he looks like he's never laughed a day in his life and it's so good yeah well i think it was interesting because usually we're very very lost when we're like entering into his visions during the high storm and for this one like in the beginning you're, you're sort of on that same level, not sure where, where you are. Um, he's kind of on this. He's a member, he's a member of the reserves at a fallback position mm-hmm. at like a tower on a plateau. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of learning more about where he is from everything that he's taking in at that moment. But it all shifts when you realize like all of the knights radiant are there. And I think that's when I started to put the pieces together. And I think Dalinar says it outright pretty quickly that we're seeing something that we've heard about from history before. And then we discover it's the betrayal. But just really crazy to see all of those Knights Radiant, like the 200 to 300 yeah. mm-hmm. soldiers that are coming towards everybody. And like the sense of like, anxiety when they're not sure like why they're approaching but they have their like swords drawn yeah like if they were to attack that would be that would be the end of all of them and it it was just so unbelievable to think about that they're just like kind of like nervously probably like laughing like (laughs) they wouldn't like actually do that right right but dalinar kind of knows because something kind of serious happens in all these visions he's like something's going to happen yeah i love that Um, moment when he's like well I know guard duty is boring, guys, but yeah, he's I'm like, only he's here like, stay alert. Something's gonna go yeah, on. Yeah, he's like, stay alert. <laughs> and they're like, dude, what? You're literally like the weakest of all of us, probably. I know. Yeah, <laughs> that I was like, my favorite about, moment. Like, this from you, Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this from you. <laughs> um, also, like that moment when 
like a hundred more just kind of like plop into the from the sky. sky. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Um, and then just, I mean, we can kind of get into more of like the implications of this, but also just really crazy when they are laying down their armor and just turning and walking away. And first of all, like the distress that Dalinar feels, which I feel like really encompasses like how everybody kind of feels about this betrayal where he's like, why are you doing this? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't understand. And then all the men rushing the field to get the sharp blades and like turning on each other so quickly. It's so wild, dude. It's so fucking wild. Immediately. Intense. Dude, immediately. Like it, I I could vividly just see him like, rushing trying to get one of them to just like speak to him like tell me why tell me why and then in the background you could just see like that one guy probably like pick up one of the shard blades stares at it and then the greed the nervousness like like immediately taking over and then absolute bloodshed i feel like this is the birth of like like a let a lethy people right like yeah, well, like, in a way, like the, it really like, is lust for power. Yeah, like all of that. Because I think earlier, I forget, maybe it was in this chapter. Dalinar mentions that a a Leth car has like twenty shard blades, or something like that. And then Yakavid mm-hmm. had another twenty, and then like another, all the other nations have like two, one, and then zero or something like that. It feels like this is where it started. Where people just started like slaughtering each other and those with military might probably were able to just hold on to more shard blades. Yeah. It's like, imagine there's countries in the world and they have tanks and there's only a hundred tanks and like the most powerful countries have 20 Dalinar in this moment watched 300 tanks just roll up and then the people leave them for just regular in reality, bad soldiers to take over. That's the equivalent of what is happening here. I mean, you could even use nukes instead of right. tanks. The only want. thing I'll say to that, though, is that, like, if you were a regular person, like one of these regular soldiers, and you picked up a shard blade, like, yes, you have the tank, like you're saying, but you don't have the skills. So this is the thing that I'm saying, like, like you'll pick one up, you'll run away, but you, you pick one up and just literally leave and run away. But you probably eventually will be killed for that weapon because you don't have the backing, the, the the might, the strength to fight, uh, to keep yeah, it. To that, you know what I mean? To that point, my first thought when I was reading about that was to think like, oh, are all of the high princes like just descended from these men, like just like in fighting I and thought attacking that too. each other. But, mm-hmm. but to your point, like there, it, this was a really long time ago, but it's a good example of where like everything in Alethi society came from. Um, but like I we I think we also find out that this is like my my understanding of it was that this was like one betrayal of like a set of like nine or something, and this was the first mm-hmm. one was like the way I interpreted it. Um, and then also we get the title of the book, of course, the read the book, mm-hmm. unite them. Yeah. The way oh, of yeah. course. That yeah. was awesome. Uh, it was like mic drop. <laughs> yeah, um, we need to go back. And I, I remember something about them saying the something about the nine. Uh, uh, Betsy, you're referring to the ten orders of the radiance. And this is one of the ten, the stone wards. And there's actually two of them because the windrunners come too. Those are the guys who 
drop on the ground. Uh, that's the betrayal. The ten orders of the radiance. That's what they're referring to. There's nine other orders because there's ten. But but to Betsy's point, who showed Got up it. in the vision? Was it just the stone wards and the wind runners? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I yeah, believe so. So you're right, Bets. That like this probably happened again somewhere else. Yes, I only... think at a similar time. Yeah, because it's all referred to as one event. It's yeah. called the Recreance. R e c r e a n c e. He says it in this chapter. Yes, when and he's it... like, "I know what this is. This is the day you betrayed a humanity." And that's when the it's guy interesting talks to so. see the scale of it too. Like I maybe it's been mentioned before, but I didn't like realize that there were that many knights radiant. Like that that's a lot. Yeah. Of shard blades. And that's so, a lot of so much power. People fighting the war in heaven. <laughs> is that the same? They're thing? they're You're fighting they they're they're known to have fought the Voidbringers on on Roshar. On the planet Roshar. Where um, we are. Yeah. And then their religion is that the heralds, which are the kings, left to go fight in heaven. And then Knights Radiant. The Tranquiline Halls. And then the Knights Radiant just betrayed us because they just betrayed us. They're the fallen radiants. That's how they remember them. Think back to the conversation that happened in the chasm. Sorry, chasm. Sorry, Richie. Uh, where. Uh, it's like Drahi and Scar and Rock and Teft like all get into a big argument about who the Radiants were, that they were bad guys, they betrayed humanity, or they were misunderstood. It, it, no one knows. This is thousands of years ago. It's worth saying that. There's uh, there's no point in... We can look this up easily without a spoiler. This was thousands, probably 2,000, 2,500 years ago. Well, why do they have like super magical powers compared to other people? I don't know. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Rich? Because you always when you when you say I don't know like that, it's just very clearly. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm in the spoiler section. We know I do know. I can't say. <laughs> um, yeah, we we can't say now for now. Um, well, so the vision fades out, and Dalinar is back in his chair, and like very quickly is just like it's over. I'm okay. And everyone is very disturbed by like the very strange cryptic things he's been saying. Yeah. And um, there's also some more heavy information being sent in this chapter. We learned, I, I guess we already knew about Renarin's uh, blood sickness that they call, mm-hmm. they call it. Um, I feel like this is a fantasy thing where he has probably something that we call, I don't know, seizures or something. Epilepsy, but, or, or yeah, or I don't know. I actually don't know what his actual blood sickness is, but no whatever idea. it is, not a clue. Whatever it is, he can't wield a sword. He's prone to episodes of it, and that's why you know he's considered he's considered by Alethi to be um, weak. Mm-hmm. But we learn about Dalinar and the Night Watcher. Did you pick up on that, Betts? Yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, yeah, we learned that he's visited the Night Watcher. Um, and just to like back up a second, I thought like to when they're talking about the old magic and everything. Um, first of all, I totally agree with Renarin's idea with trying to prove the vision. That was brilliant. Brilliant on his part. I think I think that even though we think that Adeline is being like a little wishy washy, I also think that there probably is like a way 
that's not so one side or the other like Dalinar's idea of like he's either following his visions or he's abdicating um so I liked that runner and kind of stepped up and offered that up I think that made sense um and that he brings up how like okay we'll try to prove if these visions are true we'll talk to Jasna, who probably knows because she studies history and knows everything um and knows everything but also like something like this probably comes from the old magic and where's the old magic come from and so that was interesting because it seems like maybe the night watcher to them at least is like the source of all of this magic and they talk about how in their vision of things like the night watcher is a kind of spren that you can like seek out to gain access to the old magic yeah yeah and I feel like we've danced around this topic in some past chapters, but definitely some hints everywhere about it. Yeah. And especially like Dalinar's ex-wife. He it's come up like a couple times, but I took from this that Dalinar either went to the night watcher to ask to forget his wife or that that was his boon. And he was asking for something different. Because he specifically, yeah, because he specifically talks about his gap in in his his memory memory of her in relation to like going to see the Night Watcher. And then he like doesn't want to tell his sons what he asked for, which makes me think that maybe they don't even know. Good, good pickup. Very good pickup. Yeah, it seems that some his boon or curse definitely related to to his wife. So we don't know at this moment, but we know that the Night Watcher can be kind of cruel or mm. com- sometimes comical with her <laughs> boons and, with her boons and curses, right? <laughs> you ask her what you want and she gives you what she thinks you deserve is what they said in the interludes. Yeah, you ask for what you want and then she gives you what she wants. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the right way to think about it. But, you know, thinking about Dalinar and, and his ex-wife, it's funny that the next immediate thing we get is him having, like, the most obvious crush on Navani. When we cut to her, he's like, damn, she's beautiful. Like, it just immediately says it out loud. Dalinar and is so awkward. He really he is. is. He really is. He's a numbskull. Mm-hmm. Like he that doesn't know how to with deal with him. women him and Navani when he's left alone you just like Dalinar Navani is just <laughs> like, toying with him and and also you know she's not making it any easier because she keeps going what's the problem we're family that I know don't bring that up that's gonna make it even worse dude <laughs> so much weirder <laughs> it's gonna make it worse she's just like trying to push his buttons because she knows how like rigid he is and like the way things are supposed to be yeah and it's all of that it's funny reading it because it's like Navani is intoxicating like that's what it said i know and then and then, and then it keeps going storms but she was beautiful oh my god right but then when he goes to speak he's like um i actually think you need to leave like yeah. right away i'll call in someone to escort us yeah, like, telling her what what are you in high school you're literally a high it's literally the exact note that i wrote like these kids are in high school but they are in their 50s yeah. <laughs> have both been married have lost or something and now have kids and they're flirting like they're 16 
It's it kills me. Well, it's every like time. it's like one sided flirting. Dalinar does not have a flirting bone in his body. You're right. His flirting is, uh, I'm gonna tell my soldier to come in so that somebody's here. <laughs> no, but I still think great idea for Renarin, uh, to to decide to like, you know, try and make mm-hmm. sense of it and see and confirm some of the things in the vision, which would help like understand where it's coming from or how it works. Completely agree. I mean, it, he just was being logical. Yeah. Dalinar clearly only thinks in black and white. Yeah. Either it is this or it is that. But he has no interest in finding out the way to figure out yeah. if it is this or it is that. So, you know, thank goodness he's got Renarin. Yeah. He's around to, to really help him. I mean, we don't get a lot of Renarin so far in this book. Literally, all we've seen is him try to help fight a chasm fiend and, like, freeze and awkwardly, like, talk around to them in, like, 14 chapters. But at least you know, he comes in with a really good idea here. Yeah, proves sure. the fact that he is a colon. Well, I think you can tell that he compared, I probably because of like his affliction has done been spent a lot more time on like his education mm-hmm. and studying and stuff. And I think compared to Adeline, who I think barely like knew what they were talking about when it came to the old magic, like that's where Renarin can step in and like make a difference. They're like just caricatures right like the oldest son who doesn't have a thought in his body and can't hold on to a relationship but is great at dueling and then like the awkward nerdy little brother <laughs> who's like unable to be martial at all but is like really smart i mean you know brandon you're a great author but <laughs> it's like the most obvious brother like caricature cliche trope out there i but swear I think to god the one thing that is kind of different is i think the also, the other cliche is usually the father like favor- favors the more fighting-oriented prince or whatever. But Dalinar seems to like respect for sure, both of for them. sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely mm-hmm. respects his input and even takes his advice. I completely agree. Yeah, yeah not Samuel Tarly at all. No, 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 no. Exactly though. Um, but yeah, no, dude. What a what a great chapter. Like. What a chapter! Like, I mean, we get so much. Dalinar visiting the Night Watcher, the uh, the vision of what we assume to be the recreants, mm-hmm. um, and and just this uh, this uh, uh, argument of whether or not Dalinar should abdicate the throne at the same time, and then some awkward uh, flirting. Yeah. So this chapter had this everything. Had, this had everything. And now we need to look uh, look towards the next, but we keep in the back of our minds that like Dalinar has a boon and a curse, and we've we've got to figure out what it is. Yes, we do. So, anything else to to talk about in this chapter, guys? I think that's it. All right. If that's the case, going on to chapter fifty three. Chapter fifty three, Dunny. So Bridge Four is out on a bridge run, and it is a messy one. An arrow scrapes Kaladin's face, cutting it, and the uh, Parshendi, directly across from Kaladin, aim at his crew. He screams, feeling a surge of strength as arrows are loosened. Ten arrows strike the bridge near Kaladin's head, yet none of them hit him or his men. The Parshendi archers look dumbstruck, and they lower their bows and stare at Kaladin briefly. Dunny gets shot by a couple arrows and goes down. Sadius's uh, cavalry overruns the bridge and then tramples Dunny. 
Moash holds Kaladin down and apologizes, saying there was nothing he could have done to save him. Uh, and But to make up for Dunny's death, Kaladin begins to tend to Bridge 8. Rock and some of the other men question why they should help a member of another bridge team. Kaladin gives what I'm going to call a very sick-ass speech, and then orders his hmm. men to work. Tef worries about how many men they can carry back, but for every question he has, Kaladin gives a pretty righteous answer. He asks if Kaladin is still carrying around uh, the pouch of spears. Kaladin says there's something wrong with them. They seem to lose their stormlight quickly. Tef points out they didn't lose any men on the approach. But Kaladin says, what about Dunny? Tef says, no, Dunny died after the run. Moash, one of Kaladin's, I would say, harshest uh, dissenters in the beginning, extends his hand to Kaladin and adds, you're a fool and an instigator, but you're an honest one. If you get us killed, it won't be on purpose. A very cool chapter. R.I.P. Dunny, we lost another Bridgman. I know, that was, was so sad. I really liked so Dunny, too. Sad. I wasn't expecting that one. Yeah. Dunny was one of the guys that like first started listening to Kaladin. He was uh, singing with Rock and their first Chasm oh, Duty, dude. which helped get everyone to start talking to each other. Oh, no. It's, it's, it's one, this one hurts. Wait till Earless Jack hears about this. Oh, oh, <laughs> rich. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that poor guy. He's just never going to get away from this. I, uh, the one thing I do want to say quickly that I'm surprised you left out of that. The first arrow that hits Dunny is a white and a green arrow, which was fired by Sadius' soldiers. Oh shit. And also... Is it this chapter? Kaladin checks his cheek and there is no um, scar or there's no like like mark of where the arrow hit him. Um, and he also talks about his dad. And he, and he also talks about his dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did not, I did not actually notice that the first arrow to hit Dunny was green and white, uh, indicating mm-hmm. Sadius. I didn't notice that either. They did say that like... Even the archers on their side like didn't care if they hit bridge. That's men, so fucked that up. That just makes it hurt even more. I think I feel like it just makes us realize like everyone's come become so close as a team, but they still are in this situation. Like I feel like we haven't seen them do a bridge run in so many chapters. So to kind of be back in that and then have one of the bridge four men die. It's just a reality check that yeah. they need to get out of there fast. And even Kaladin is saying, like, for every new man that comes in, they need to, like, train him and get him acclimated. And he has to be part of the plan. So, like, they can't wait yeah. around. It's like another risk. Every person you add could go to gas and tell him the plan and try to get, like, out of being a bridge. That's true. Because they're already broken, too. So you, it, it is definitely a risk to take on new people. But it's so sweet when he goes to one of those guys from um, Bridge 8 mm-hmm. and the guy's like forming tears in his eyes and Kaladin's, uh, Kaladin's like, we will carry you. Like, we're going to bring you back. Like, that guy thought he was done. He literally doesn't understand why Kaladin would do that. <laughs> it's a Neither does Kaladin's own men. Yeah. Until, until he like gives, crazy he gives part great, that great speech about um, honor. 
I want to I want to read out that speech. I'm sorry. It's I, it is just so amazing to me the way that he he reads it. Uh, I won't stand there and watch while men die behind me. We have to be better than that. We can't look away like the light eyes pretending we don't see this man is one of us just like Donny was. The light eyes talk about honor. They spout empty claims about their nobility. Well, I've only known one man in my life who was a true man of honor. He was a surgeon who would help anyone, even those who hated him, especially those who hated him. Well, we are going to show Gaz and Sadius and Hashal and any other sodden fool who cares to watch what he taught me. Now go to work and stop complaining. Oh my God. I I, I legitimately had a tear come to my eye when I read that. Because he's like fighting and with his dad and every single one of those flashbacks and, and he clearly blames himself so much for TN and, and, and just letting himself like get controlled by that emotion of that respect for the man that he knows his father is. Like that really hit home for me. It really did. Yeah, that was a great speech and just as you said, like felt like a really special moment to hear him talking about his dad that way, especially after all of the flashbacks that we've seen I feel like it's really powerful yeah and they all just immediately go to work they just start helping yeah they get the water they start lighting the fires and it's amazing it really is yeah he's quite the leader and Taft, Taft kind of I feel like has changed I mean I think he's been changing his opinion of Calden the whole time but I think that speech and him saving that other soldier sort of really finalized that for Taft for changing kind of the way he thought about Calvin and he admits that to him, like that he was, he was wrong about him. Yeah. And Tuft, Tuft clearly knows something. He, he constantly goes up to Kaladin and asks if he's carrying spheres around with him. Right. And we know that in a previous chapter, when Kaladin was healing from being out in the storm, Tuft would sneak in and hand him spheres. Um, so at this point, and with the and with the arrow sh- striking his cheek, we can deduce that the spheres are healing Kaladin. Yeah, and I think one thing that Tuft was kind of implying that I hadn't picked up on was I felt like Kaladin was never getting hurt, and I was sort of under the impression that something was protecting Kaladin. But I feel like Tuft was kind of implying that Kaladin or whatever is protect, protecting him is also protecting the rest of them. Because mm-hmm. like whenever he's at the front, nobody gets no hurt. No one gets hurt. And no one in gets fact, hurt? the arrows are striking all around them. Uh, they said like 10 of them or so, but none of them are hitting it at anyone. And it even surprises the Parshendi. They lowered their bows and like, what the hell is happening? Yeah, that was a really eerie image when they talk about the Parshendi singing together oh my God, yeah. while they fight. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Doesn't Kaladin it's think like, it's like really I, rude? <laughs> it's rude. I think he does. <laughs> they they never describe what it sounds like. So I'm like I know. trying to picture in my head like what it sounds they cha- like. They change rhythms too based on um, how the battle is going. Um, so I am also curious, like what that will eventually sound like when we get this to film or animation or whatever. They're just humming the chain by <laughs> <Hugh> and Max. <laughs> it's 
going to California <laughs> when they're sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this was a great moment between Moash and Kevin as well. Moash um, was one who kind of like hated Kaladin the most and kind of like held out the longest um, when it came to you know falling in line and trusting him and working as a as a as a unit uh, under Bridge Four to see him like fully trust Kaladin now and say like I would like I was wrong you you may be crazy oh I was wrong before I met Moash when I was saying tough oh uh, gotcha gotcha when I was yeah when I was talking about him okay finally that yeah. makes sense that makes sense tough tough on the other hand though was being like tough was i'm telling you tough is, is he knows something he he keeps going uh you still got those fears that you got on you Callan's like yeah but they, there's no stormlight in them con- like there's something wrong with them and tough just goes odd ah, that <laughs> oh that's weird i feel like you hold Kaladin's them don't let the, them go Kaladin's on the verge of knowing too i think especially with the arrow healing so quickly like i think within the next chapter or two he's gonna like start to suspect Mm -hmm. something and they also talk about how there's a lot of rumors that are spreading like after he survived the storm and now bridge four like hasn't gone unnoticed that they're all surviving and they're doing really well no no that's that's a really good point um it could be problematic for his plan you can't stay hidden forever when you're when your whole crew is surviving constantly, but even then, losing Dunny was is was big, and every lo- every oh, loss right. just shakes Kaladin to his core. Well, that's how we started this, when he was standing at that chasm. All sorry again, chasm. Uh, all of those many, many, many hundreds of pages ago, he decides that he's going to try one more time to save them, and Dunny was like the first. So that one, yeah, it hit it hit hard. Oh yeah, didn't he? Did he save Dunny? Did he pull Dunny out and save him from what? From a bridge run. I don't know if he saved him from a bridge run, but Dunny was one of the first that started like following Kaladin, like listening to what he was saying and like talking in the chasm duty and stuff like that. Okay, gotcha. I think that he's using the stormlight from his spheres to wield his crazy stormlight powers that he innately has and he's healing himself and he's protecting his men and he's going to find out and he's going to become super strong with stormlight interesting interesting yeah. theory not, let's see how it works out not for as, you. not as good as the trash theory but we'll let it we'll let it hold up true agreed richie i don't think anything will ever be as good as the trash theory Okay, so did you guys have anything else for uh, chapter 53? No, I think that was, it was a quick chapter, but I think a lot of setup. Yeah, I agree. I agree. A lot of All setup. All right, well, let's, let's take it in. Chapter 54. Chapter 54, Giblatish. Dalinar is late to a dinner on the king's feasting island. Wit is missing from his usual station on a pedestal to greet incomers. All of the other high princes seem to be avoiding Dalinar since he asked each of them to join him on the plateau runs. With Sadius taking over and investigating Dalinar regarding the king's saddle, he has even a wider gap between himself and everybody else. Wit sits down next to Dalinar, speaking about a whirlwind and how they are all part of it but don't notice it. 
Dalinar doesn't understand Wit's cryptic messages. Wit also mentions that Sadeus is planning on some sort of revelation tonight. Wit then tells Dalinar he's leaving and he'll be back if he lives, and maybe even if he doesn't. Dalinar then tells Adeline the news about Sadeus, trusting Wit's comments. Adeline wants him to leave immediately, but Dalinar says to instead prepare for the worst and get some of his guards on the island. Dalinar then proceeds to treat everything as normal and mingle with High Prince Haltham. With him are some other light, light eyes as well as an ardent and an Atan man named Anak. Haltham brings up the conflict between the Tukari and Amuli. Dalinar describes it as a religious conflict, but Alnak said it's more economically motivated and they debate. Dalinar then decides to confront Sadeus. He walks up to Alakar and Sadeus and asks for an update on the investigation into the king's saddle. Sadeus reveals his findings that the king's saddle and sharp plate were tampered with, but he rules out Dalinar and his men as suspects. He concludes that someone was trying to frame Dalinar for attempting to kill the king. Sadeus said he was trying to prove Dalinar innocent all along, but he still thinks someone was trying to kill Elikar. Dalinar then asks Sadeus to join him on a plateau run and promises the first shard blade to him with, with the first shard plate going to Renarin, but that any gem hearts would be split with two-thirds going to Sadeus. Sadeus eventually agrees and tells him to send details. I pronounced so many of those so you did so well you crushed it i also said like a couple of them different i mean i say i say adelin adelin (laughs) shallon and shallon all the time different and and jasmine i'm like literally broken i feel like as i'm like approaching the word i'm like oh my gosh how am i gonna say (laughs) this there was a lot of like politicking in this one like like the crux of it is just sadius Sis reveal at the end um and then very interesting conversation with wit but other than that like i mean like the the politicking like uh, in the middle part with dalinar talking to that group of people it was interesting to see uh the inner uh workings of the of the higher of the high princes um but i was like this this seems just like politics to me yeah, I had a hard time like kind of getting through that section, but I think the main thing I took away from it was just that it seems like the high princes are like there's just always a lot at work there. Like they're trying to act one way so another person thinks that they're like this so that they can surprise them by suddenly doing something different. Like there's always some sort of strategy at play almost to like an obscene level. Um, and it kind of, I think, makes Dalinar think about it and then also the reader think about kind of where that's at play with Dalinar. Um, and then also there was like a weird line at the end of that where the Ardent was kind of like, oh, we support you. And Dalinar's like, why? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand that either. Like, why does he support uh, Dalinar? It just It just seems like... It like it seems like they're just they just want to stay in his good graces for sure. Oh, for some reason it reminded me of like I don't, I don't even know what it is, but like in movies or something where 
maybe someone doesn't realize yet that something's going on and someone's like, oh, we're with you. And they're like, who's with me? That was a weird moment when Dalinar doesn't even know what's going on. I don't even know what's in reality what's going on there. It's just, does the Ardent like him? Does the Vorin Church like him? Does Haytham like him? I, I, I honestly don't know. That whole conversation just felt out of place. Comparatively to the first chapter of this part, the chapter with Kaladin, and then just a world hop or not a um, a world building kind of conversation, uh, where they had the chance, and then you know they just have this world building conversation where everything just is slow. I I didn't enjoy that entire chat. It was just really no, slow. Uh, yeah, I feel like it also like went to show, like. I don't know, just like the way that the high princes are thinking about things and I think that how Dalinar thinks about things are so different. Yeah. Um, it, like I agree though. It was it was kinda slow. Like, let's, let's be real. Like, um I will say this. It, the conversation with Wit was interesting. And also to see like all the high princes Yeah. him. Yeah, that was funny. And um and obviously uh Sadius just you know, he just choose up a scene you know whenever Sadius is there you know a scene's gonna get real because you just like love to hate the guy yeah and I kind of liked that like there's this party going on but then there's this all this kind of like underlying drama happening which is like wit dropping that piece of information about Sadeus and then Dalinar like choosing to run with it and looping in Adeline who then suddenly is like bringing all these guards into the situation and they're kind of like preparing for this potential they're preparing for like attack. the red wedding you know yeah mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. they think he Spoilers like Spoilers for Game executed. of Thrones <laughs> <laughs> yeah they they think it's like something big is about to happen like for sure but well I and do then of course of course Dalinar is like I'm just gonna go right up and oh, I love that fucking so Dalinar, much dude. he is just so to the point he does not change so he is a man straightforward just cut from a block of stone like <laughs> what are you doing choosing confrontation yeah what are you doing <laughs> I mean honestly compared to Alucard though like rather than wallowing in your paranoia like maybe just go ask somebody seriously mm-hmm. I mean, to, to Sadius's credit, he turns out to be somewhat honorable here. Mm. He uh, he does not... He, we know that Sadius and Dalinar don't get along, right? I, I believe that, Correct. Each, that the two of them blame each other for the death of the king, mm-hmm. for, for the death of Gavilar. So since that moment, they don't get along. Um, but he, he shows that Dalinar was innocent and he even tells dalinar he took the job to prove dalinar's innocence right because he knew that it would well one i think he knew he could never do it like zadius knew he's like dude it's your brother's son i knew you didn't do it but i, I needed like it to was make- kind of a good thing and a diss at the same time yeah he's like i know you're not capable of it mm-hmm. that's true but he did, and he also played on how everyone like thought he did, and the rumors as a way to like fuck, basically fuck just Dalinar. operate in the shadows and fuck with Dalinar. Exactly, exactly. 
But I, I know that you said he showed he's kind of honorable. I even have trouble thinking about that, knowing how much he just casually throws away the lives of Kaladin's friends. Oh, for like, sure. Just constantly. For sure. Doesn't oh, give a well, single th- flying crap. You know what? We, we haven't even gotten to that point, though, because, yeah, he does that, but they come to an agreement at the end of this chapter, guys. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. we, they, Dalinar and Sadius agree to do a joint bridge run together. Dalinar even says... We can use your bridgemen, your bridge crew, bridge crew, and then I will come in later with my slow chulls, which we know are giant crabs um, that move really Thank slow, you. that uh, bring the bri- their bridges over, their siege bridges over. Um, so Dalinar, while he doesn't, while he doesn't like what Sadius does with these bridgemen, he's con- he's allowing it to happen, and he's uh, taking yeah, advantage I mean- of it. Like, just looking at it within the worldview of, like, the characters that are here, I think that this ending for this chapter is, like, a really good situation for Dalinar. Um, I mean, I was super surprised to hear that, like, Sadeus was never trying to, like, frame Dalinar for this, which I think is everything that we were expecting, like maybe Sadeus didn't even care who actually did it. He was just trying to frame Dalinar was kind of where I was thinking this was going, but it was just reminding me of like the promise that they made to the, to each other. I think in one of the earlier chapters to always like put the King first. And I feel like that's what Sadeus was doing here. Cause he's like, you know, I don't really care like whether you did it or not, but like proving you innocent just gets me closer to finding the culprit. And that's my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dalinar has been trying to go around and shop this idea of joining forces with some other high princes. And he's finally getting that opportunity here with someone who's super powerful. And you can tell how hungry Sadeus is for power. Mm, for a shard blade. For the shard blade. Yeah. yeah and I thought it was nice moment. that he wants to give a shard plate to Renner. It's nice. He wants to give the shard plate, right, to Renarin. Um, but it's like, shouldn't I go to somebody who can, like, you know, use it for, for battle? The hell, Rich? Wait, no. God I'm damn. saying this is what everyone else is thinking. Shit, like... He's got a blood weakness. The shard plate will protect him. But why would He'll he be even safe. be in danger? He shouldn't be on the battlefield to begin with. But what if he is, like, on a hunt and something goes bad again like he did before? Uh, all right, yeah, good point. But he shouldn't be on a hunt. It's also either. his son. It is also his son. Obviously, of course, there's a little bit of nepotism there. Because um, uh, I'm thinking about it like as an Alethi, I would give it to my strongest general, so that way we can fight the Parshendi and like actually win this war that we're, we've been trying to do for Gavilar for six years now. But yeah, give it to your son. <laughs> He did promise yeah. him, I think, back in like, he did the, promise the him, and, and it's Dalinar, so we know that a promise probably means a lot to him. But you made a point, Richie, which I think has been different than what's been going on, is that Dalinar actually wants to win the war, like versus abandoning the war or doing what all the other high princes are doing, which is letting it like continue on in order to like get more gem hearts or just fight them for more access to the chasm fiends but actually like finish the war yeah. mm-hmm. and win which is kind of an alethi sem- sentiment oh so yeah i think that's what rings true to sadeus completely agree i loved that 
in this chapter. Yeah. Is Dalinar was just so, I'm going to go do this because I'm ready to go do this. And he's just been so wishy-washy, I feel, for so long because of these visions. He's like, oh, you know, I got to follow the code so I can't have a crush on my de- uh, my dead brother's wife. Um, and, <laughs> you know, all these things. And, like, he's finally acting with intention. Okay, sorry. Yes, I used that as an example. But a it's a good on one. my dead brother's <laughs> wife. That's so fucked. I mean, it's it true. is kind of fucked it's when you true, put it like that, though, isn't fucked. it? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, and, and it might be wrong, but I feel like I do get a little bit of satisfaction out of Dalinar, like, working with the other high princes a little bit. Because I feel like I always sort of understood Adeline's perspective when he was like, you're going so far in the other direction that it's, like, actually hurting your cause. Like, you need to be a little bit smarter about how you're going about right. it. And so... And- it gave me like some some satisfaction. And Sadius uh, kind of like um, burns Dalinar in this chapter because he says your biggest problem is that you're so self righteous now, right? Mm-hmm. He says that to Dalinar, and it it just it really you, we know that this is true. Dalinar was the worst of them. He was the worst Alethi. He was right? the Blackthorn. He was like vicious and to see him so self-righteous they're still not used to it and it just seems like we've said this before like just so hypocritical and and he's and he's judgy now you know after Gavilar's death he stops drinking he get, he's like oh it's all about the codes everything is about honor um they're like who do you think you are right and Sadius, of course is 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 thinking about this the most because he knows he knows Dalinar. I yeah, mean, and I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective either. So I feel like that was also sort of a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to end the chapter, though, with probably the second most powerful person in the entire Alethi kingdom in Dalinar, allying with probably the third most powerful person in all of Alethkar in Sadius, all, of course, behind the king. You know, it, it was the one high prince he didn't ask. He asked the other eight high princes, but he didn't ask Sadius. And now he's got the ally that he'd been looking for, and he's going to use Kaladin's bridge cruise. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. Did you guys have anything else for Gibbelty Tish? Speak Gibbelty Tish, though. That is the name of the chapter, which is hilarious. Um, and it comes from wit. <laughs> it does. We didn't talk much about that entire conversation. But, yeah, but I will say wit seems to be more than just a a gesture. Um, and Dalinar even points this out. Um, as he sits there next to Dalinar, he's like staring off in the distance, almost thinking about something else. And Dalinar notes that Adolin is right. There's something more to this person than just, you know, a normal, the king's wit type character. Mm-hmm. They always describe him the same, you know, like, Whenever they see him, he's got that, what, is, what do they call him? Like pointed nose or something, like hawk face. And he's like, there's more to this man than a hawk face is literally what the quote is. <laughs> oh, the one just thing that I was going to say about Wit was that I agree with you. He seems to be more than he is because he was able to like know that Sadeus was going to make an announcement, though I guess he could have kind of known that through his eyes and ears that he has around the city but 
It's so my comment about the ardent, I think maybe wasn't as big a deal as I thought it was because you guys didn't seem to think it was that big a deal. But Wit seeming to know something about Kaladin's situation and then also the Ardent making a weird comment made me think that there was some like grander conspiracy going on where like people seemed to know that Dalinar was like on this path to do something. Interesting. That was that was my only comment. That was like what was coming to my head. Interesting. You think Wit's a part where of that? It, it seemed like there he's there was like a lot going on, but there were two people who were signaling to Dalinar that they knew something big was coming and he was a part of it. Um, Very interesting. Um, so I, w- I connected those two moments. You can't you can't totally read our, our reactions to things as confirmations or denials at all because it will vary for sure as we are in the non-spoiler. <laughs> I'm still going to. Yeah, <laughs> particularly on the Arden. <laughs> sometimes enough. we'll move on past things. Sometimes we'll linger. But so I thought that was a great point about the Arden, though. Mm-hmm. And, Agreed. And that's a very interesting theory, but That's all I had. It's interesting. Uh, the last thing I want to kind of mention is we do get two comments here. The, one of, the only one I'm going to bring up uh and this is from the conversation with Wit, is the the convo about his name. Really just enjoyed that little tiny like aside. He's like, oh, I've given up my name. You can just call me Wit. You know what I mean? I really yeah. that was I thought that was that was kind of where I went. Okay, what? What do you mean? Yeah. Like, he also he also looks Dalinar straight in the eyes and then just says like Adel nauseum. And then Dalinar's like, What? Wit goes what? <laughs> what? He's like, you, you, you said. You, you, he's like. He's like. I thought. I thought you said that. <laughs> oh, it's just an elaborate prank. It, so I don't really have anything to say. Fair enough. Um, all right. Well, was there was there anything else for uh, fifty-four? Gibbledish. Gibbledish. Should we do? Let's um, go to awards. It's the, let's do some awards. It's the Cremies. The Cremies. Yeah. Spoiler section. All right. Okay. So since I read first, can I go first? Yeah, go for it. Oh, nice. Uh, that's a good way to do this. I, I do have an award that I I hate myself for thinking of, but I did find it very funny. Uh, well, yes. I okay. I, I laughed at my own joke. Uh, but the Stormtrooper Aim Award goes to the saddiest soldier who shot Dunny. <laughs> Oof. Tough. Well, it's not really a Stormtrooper Aim because they can't hit anything. That's oh shit. That's a good point. Dude, I know more about Star Wars than you do. <laughs> I guess they, they meant to hit the Parashendi. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's where I was trying to go with no, it. Betsy. I know. I know. I knew where he was going. I know where he was going. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right, I'm giving the all by myself award to Dalinar <laughs> for being totally alone with no friends at the party. <laughs> that's a, that's a <laughs> It's like it's a classic award. <laughs> Dalin, oh, Dalinar just yeah. comes up to accept it, doesn't say a word, just walks away. It's so good. All right, Richard, what you got? Um, I'm I got the the Lore Dump Award, and that goes to Dalinar's vision in that chapter because that that was awesome the first time I read it, and I was just like. 
I felt like how I felt when I read the the um, prelude to, to the Stormlight Archives, the one with the the one with the heralds. There, I was just like, "This is what I want. I want more information. I know it's being sprinkled throughout this book, and this that was fascinating to me. So I'm giving mm. the lore dump award to that. It's good. I like that one. I also have an award uh, for Dalinar that I wanted to share, and this one is the High School Crush Award for his ridiculously obvious nervousness around Navani and whenever she's just in the same room as I him. mean, Storms, but she's beautiful. <laughs> so awkward. So awkward. Well, I also have a Navani-related award. I have the Ultimate Wingman Award for Navani when she sends a basket of ripe melons to uh, the girl that Adeline is interested in for Adeline. Um, it's a great point. That was, that's a great point. We didn't even bring that up when we were talking about it. Um, but wow, what a wingman when you think about it. Also weird because she's at Adeline's aunt? aunt, not by blood, yeah, not by blood, but yeah. yeah Navani is not related to the Colons. That's important to, to know given Dalinar's obvious crush. Unless, I mean, <laughs> she's related to the king. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. but I mean, not like her, the Colons is in Dalinar's Yeah, colon. her son is Elokar Colon, and Yasna Colon, or her daughter is Yasna Colon. Okay, the other Colons. Yeah, tough look. But <laughs> 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 um, you got one. Yeah, I've got. Could be the Alabama I've got, award. I've got the 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 honorable man award, and that goes to Sadius. Boo! The most honorable man we know, Sadius, who. Thoroughly did an investigation to see who cut that strap on the king and came to the conclusion that Dalinar was innocent. Um, just more to him than we know. More to him than we know. What a, a great guy. It could be true. Great guy. All right. The last one I had is the I'm 14 and this is Mysterious Award. And I'm happy to give that one to Wit because he showed up in like all black and just is like being sneaky and leaves. Saying cryptic things. <laughs> Pretty much. The cryptic award. Okay, my last one that I added on while we were recording is the carrot award to when, um, I don't know if anyone caught uh, earlier when Richie accidentally called Calden carrot in. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> what? I didn't, I didn't hear that. When did I say that? <laughs> I don't know. I heard it while we were recording. Fuck. You were like, carrot in, carrot in. <laughs> Wow, I missed that. Totally missed that one. I'll, I'll see if I can pick up on that when I'm award. editing this podcast. Oh, my. Wow. <laughs> That's a good one. I don't have yeah. any more, but that, that was wonderful. What, a, what an award to go out on. Yeah, well, that was an mine. award for you, Rich. You got, you got I an got an award. award. Yeah, congratulations. congratulations dude. Your first Kremmy. Thank you. Um, I'm going to dedicate this one to Brandon Sanderson. Um, but we're going to we're heading into the spoiler section, guys. Our conversations will be centered around these specific chapters. But in the context of all of Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere series, and that's Stormlight, Mistborn, Warbreaker, Elantris, White Sand, Arcanum Unbounded, Yumi and the Nightmare Painter, and Tress of the Emerald Sea. So if you're caught up, stick around. Um, and if you'd like to contact us, our email address, highlyinvestedpodcast at gmail.com. And, and like I said before, um, you can message us on Instagram at highlyinvestedpodcast. Look out for a new book from Brandon Sanderson coming out. Well, if you back the Kickstarter, you've probably already gotten it. 
but it should be coming out in the next week or so and it is the is titled the sunlit man and dapper and i are excited to dive into that um but until next time kremlings And we are back in the spoiler section. On the bus. Me and... De- hey. What, what the f... Hey, guys. What the f... Hey, guys. Betsy. Betsy. I'm, how the- I'm under here. Oh, oh my God. How how did you get in? <laughs> I'm, I'm under the seat. Is it... I'm already on the bus. How did you fit? I'm already here. Can I stay? Oh, no. oh Betsy, how the fuck did you get into the spoiler section? I edit the podcast. <laughs> I'm so confused right now. There was this guy driving the bus. His name was Wit. He's pretty nice. He let me. He let me. You come know on. what? All right. I we will you will you will stay just for that amazing comment. It's a good. <laughs> and we comment. can talk about the guy Wit. Since we are in the spoiler, I think it's time we do. Since we are in the spoiler section, um, we wanted to tell Betsy a little bit about Wit as a character because we think it will enhance her experience reading the Cosmere because this is something that someone told me while I started reading and I started with the way of Kings, which is not technically the best order. It is the most engaging, I would say, Uh, but now Mm -hmm. like Tress can be engaging as a a starting entry. You know, there are definitely other ways to get in, but a lot of people start with way of Kings, right? Yeah. And there are some rewards to those who've read things before. We're going to give you one of those rewards right now because yep. we think it'll enhance your reading experience because it because it enhanced mine. And then after that, after that, where this bus seems to be going about, uh, I want to say 60 miles an hour, we're going to have to kick you off. All right. <laughs> we're gonna, just tuck you're, and roll. You're just going to tuck, just and, tuck roll. and roll. All right. So, Bets, are you ready? I'm so excited. <laughs> what are you going to say? So, the character Wit, also known as Hoyd, and is he is known as Hoyd to most of the Cosmere because he is in every almost every single Cosmere book. The character Hoyd. So if you've read other books before Way of Kings, you haven't, but if you had, you would this is a moment where you would be like, Oh, I've seen this character before. So, and I know you'd have so that So you mentioned him talking cryptic. You were not wrong. So yep. the character, once again, the, we know him throughout the Cosmere as Hoyd. And that is all of the information I will give you on that. I will let you... S- Does he have different I names will, or is he always Hoyd in all the books? Um, Dapper, what do you think? Is that something we mostly can answer? Mostly Hoyd. Yeah, mo- mostly Hoyd. He's mostly Hoyd in the book. He'll go by different names, but eventually he sometimes will drop the Hoyd uh, out there. And that's how you, that's how readers connect him and go, oh, that's the guy. They know the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah. all Cosmere fans. So is he ever like really part of the story or is he just an Easter egg that, that like pops up? I don't think we can answer. We cannot answer that question. I'm sorry, Betsy, uh, because it seems like a fake ticket and you're not technically allowed in here yet. But... I, this shit's expired. <laughs> yeah. <That's>, <laughs> but I will say that this is one of those like pointing moments where you go, oh, that's the name from all the other books I've read so far. He will always pop up and it'll always be random. And uh, 
That's so cool. I love that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that he added that well, to the series. And I feel like I don't have a total understanding. Like, I don't know at all what any of the other books are about. I just know that there's the um, Stormlight Archive series that we're reading right now. And then there's other right. books which focus on other stories in Roshar, the Cosmere. And so even though these characters that we're reading about right now might not be in those books, he, he, wit is always going to appear. Yes. At least Brandon once. started this idea of the Cosmere with this fun thought that it would be so cool if I had a character be in the background, right? And if in any in every book and anywhere we go in any story in any magical place, that's so that fun. character like was still there in the background doing it's his like when own a director thing. does like a cameo. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way but, to think about but it. But he's doing his own thing, and like you said, it is cryptic, Betsy. It is cryptic, but it it is a continuous through stream of him doing his own thing in the background. And I'm glad we did this now because in that moment when I I just want to, Richie had someone tell him that and he started in this book. Stormly, it was, I don't know. That made me excited. Every time I got to, every time I read another book series, I was looking looking for him. him. Exactly. And so do you feel like there's still books coming out? Like maybe his story will expand. I I feel like, I feel like there will be for sure. Probably. And I, 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 I just wanted to give this one point and why I was glad that we did this now. And that is because, Richie, you had the connection of someone telling you that when you got to this Hoy drop, the name drop. For me, Stormlight was the second real series of his that I got. And the first I did was a different one. And I got to where he goes, oh, and you can, you can call me Hoyd if you'd like. And I've said this a lot in the spoiler section, but this will be the first time you've heard me say it, Betsy. But I got to that section and I immediately threw my phone across the room because of this exact thing that Richie there is talking about. And it's it's just that kind of moment. Yeah. It's one of those moments that that's where we felt like we should share it with you so that way you're not missing out on the feeling of when he's in, in a scene. And that, and that after this reveal. Yeah, you know? versus having to wait until we get to another book series. Exactly. Which is going to be four you would have, years you would have to You would have to wait till we finished three more books and then started another book series just for him to only like pop, to pop up like in the background. Okay. And he, yeah. So that, that's why it feels better. To t- yeah, exactly. And I think that the Kremlings who are in the spoiler section will agree um, that uh, this is a, this is a little fun way to introduce you to the character Hoyd. Um, when we do our next episode, we'll, we can just mention to the non-spoiler Kremlings that, that you made an appearance. Because I, I don't know if there are some of the people who probably just never enter the spoiler section, so they'll never know that you made an appearance here, <laughs> which well, is so much you. fun. Thank you for inviting me. This was a great piece of information. I'm okay, excited bus, bus about driver, it. you want to just open the door? All right. Tuck and roll, Betts. Here you go. Door opening sound. Yeah, Betts, just tuck and roll, all right? Just tuck and roll. <laughs> it's been fun Bye having guys. you here. Bye, Betsy. <laughs> Take care, Betts. Bye-bye. All right. So I think we got to start with the epigraphs of these three chapters. I think it, the death rattles are back. They're pretty crazy. Let's go around. So I'm just going to read the three out. I, because I also don't think the 52, chapter 52, was that crazy. I'm standing over the body of a brother. I'm weeping. Is that his blood or mine? What have we done? 
I don't really know what that one is going to be from. No. It's con- we it's don't know what any of them are going to be. That's like maybe Ad- Adeline, Adeline Renarin. Oh, that could be. That could be. The body, what of, have the we body done? of her brother. And that could be Renarin. He's he's bonded to a corrupted spren. Uh, but the other two are incredibly relevant. He, Send it. He must pick it up, the fallen title, the tower, the crown, and the spear. Uh, I just got shivers. He must pick it up, the fallen title, 100%, no doubt in my mind, Knight's Radiant, 100%, fallen title. This is talking about Kaladin to me. The tower, he saves the is tower. Dalinar? No, Kaladin. This is Kaladin. Uh, 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 uh. He must pick it up, the fallen title. Knight's Radiant. He's the first one we get, not really including Yasna, but I don't really count her as much because she was so secretive with it. The Fallen title. The Tower. Kaladin saves the Tower in Rhythm War. The Crown. He's going to travel to Shinovar with Dalinar at the beginning of the next book. The Spear. That I don't fully know, but I think it's going to have something with him either becoming a Herald or becoming Honor. Oh, yeah. That's where everything goes crazy very soon. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't, it could be a rethrough, but it also could just be a way of kings uh, foreshadowing. Yeah, true. Right? But I don't understand the crown part. That sounds like a king. Yeah, that's me thinking because Dalinar basically becomes king of kings uh, when he unites mm-hmm. everyone. So that's me thinking Kaladin saves him or takes up the, the power or something if Dalinar loses in the contest of champions. And then the spear could okay. be him becoming a champion, could be him becoming a herald, could be him coming ha- honor. I mean, you could read that, in my opinion, in a billion ways. But you got he, gotcha. you got fallen title, gotcha. you got tower, which Kaladin saves, you got spear. How does that not instantly 100% Kaladin related? I mean, that's him in a nutshell. I, I can, I can absolutely, absolutely see that. Yeah. Another way I can also see it, now nah, I might be thinking too much far into it. I was thinking the tower could represent Dalinar, but the sphere represents Kaladin. But then I wouldn't know who the crown represented. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know either. I mean, maybe Yasna she becomes queen of a uh, mm. of a Lethgar. Yeah. Maybe, but again, these this is all oh. me just gesticulating right. well, basically. I, uh, so, yeah, yeah, of course. So, uh, so fifty fifty four epigraph. Uh, the burdens of nine becomes mine. Why must I carry the madness of them all? Oh, Almighty, release me! That's Tom. awesome. Clearly, a reference to the unmade. Really? Oh shit! It's tall. No, you're right. It's tall. It's a hundred percent tall, it was, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it was a reference to the unmade because there are nine unmade, right? Yeah, yeah. I but see. The where burdens you'd be of going nine and it could become, be something about Sian, becomes huh? mine. No, no, you're absolutely right. The yeah, burdens of tall. the nine who becomes mine. Why must I carry the madness of them all? Oh, mighty. Oh, almighty, release me. Shit, that's awesome. I think that must be Tall. And, you know, the weirdly, there's a few. Tall, more than by I've the way, for before. the Kremlings, is, uh, is a herald. Uh, herald, of, herald of war, Tall, the one that was left behind the one that by the other break. heralds. Yeah. Uh, and so it's funny that you say that because of also what you said with Al- Adeline and Renarin. Because. All at least those two, I should say, those two, fifty-three and fifty-four epigraphs, relate, in my opinion, to a topic of conversation in the chapters. So, if we think about chapter fifty-three, he must pick up the title, the fallen title, which is, I mean, literally, Teft goes, "Holy shit, you are a radiant!" 
in that chapter. Literally, Teft is 100% convinced at the end of this chapter. And then in chapter 54 is where we learn that Dalinar is part of the um, Order of Talenalot. Taln, same person, mm-hmm. Talenalot mm-hmm. and Taln. Uh, so yeah. maybe you're right about 52 being Renarin and Adelin. Oh, my God, man. Ooh, oh, my I, God, bro. Let's oh, let's go chapter by chapter yeah, before I even get into it. Yeah. So chapter 52. Okay. Feverstone Keep, pretty wild chapter. It's the end of the Radiance. We chose. We know now. Yeah, no. The this is this is it. This is the day of recreance, which we know is the final act of the night's radiance. Nine in this moment, which we know is real, nine of the ten orders abandoned their shard blades and shard plate and broke their oaths, killing their spren. The only order that, that didn't do this was the skybreakers. Instead, the skybreakers hid themselves away for 2,000 years, which is kind of 4, crazy 4,000 years. 4,000? It's been 4,000 years since... Uh, oh, my bad. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, 4,000 yeah. years is when the heralds left. You're right. My bad, my and bad, then, my bad, my and, bad, my yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, they, so the skybreakers hid themselves away for 2,000 years, um, and, and this is just amazing. I know. Right? And we know now that this all happened at the agreement of the Spren. And the Knights Radiant. That's crazy. They they agreed to end the Oath Pack. Right before this recreance, the Radians were fighting in the False Desolation. Yes. Which was when which of the Unmade? It was one of them. Ba'ado Mishram. Thank you. Probably the most important one. I should know that. When she yeah. tried to reawaken the Desolations, but Talon would not break, so she like gave the singers some of their own forms of power. And so the heralds had to stop that. And they did it by sealing her away, effectively erasing the minds of probably at least millions of Parshendi. Well, well, not the heralds. The Knights Radiance sealed her away. No, collected. Collect sealed her away with the rest of them. I mean, not the rest of them. I don't, Yezrin's probably insane by this point. The heralds gave up and left for the Tranquilline Halls 4,000 years ago. But they didn't actually leave for the Tranquilline Halls. They're on Roshar that whole time. Right, but they abandoned their blades. Yes. 4,000 years mm-hmm. ago. So how did they help seal Bo'ado Mishram 2,000 years ago? Uh, all right, I am looking it up. So I tell you, I write it. You must... Oh, okay, collect 100%. Because the epigraphs in Part 4 of Rhythm of War are Collect's journal. And this is all of it. You can keep this if you'd like, Richie. Words. I used to be good with words. I used to be good at a lot of things. There was a time when others would approach me for help with the problem. A time when I was decisive, capable, even authoritative. Such skills, like my honor itself, are not lost to time. Weathered away, crushed to dust, and scattered to the ends of the Cosmere. I am a barren tree of a human being. I am the hollow that once was a mighty peak. So words, why words now? Why do I write? Yezreen is gone. Despite being all the way out here in lasting integrity, I felt him being ripped away. The Oath Pact was broken already, but the connection remained. Each of us can sense the others, to an extent, and with further investigation, I know the truth of what happened to him. It felt like death at first, and I think that is what ultimately it became. 
The singers first put Jazzy in, into a gemstone. They think they are clever, discovering they can trap us in those. It only took them 7,000 years. Oh, Father, 7,000 years. I remember so few of those centuries. I am a blur, a smear on the page, a gaunt stretch of ink made all the more insubstantial with each passing day. Midius once told me, told me we could use investiture to enhance our minds, our memories, so we wouldn't forget so much. Why would I want to remember? Maybe if I remembered my life, I'd be capable of being confident like I once was. Maybe I'd stop vacillating when people even when sorry, maybe I'd stop vacillating when even the most simple of decisions is presented to me. Instead, I think if I were to remember my life in detail, I would become even worse, paralyzed by my terrible actions. I should not like to remember all those I have failed. Regardless, I write now because I know they are coming for me. They got Jezrian. They'll inevitably claim me even here in the honor spread stronghold. And so I'll die. Yes, die. If you're reading this and wondering what went wrong, why my soul evaporated soon after being claimed by the gemstone in your knife, then I name you idiot for playing with powers you only presume to understand. The bond is what keeps us alive. You sever that, we will slowly decompose into ordinary souls with no valid connection to the physical or spiritual realms. Capture one of us with your knives and you won't be left with a spren in a jar, foolish ones. You'll be left with a being that eventually fades away into the beyond. I felt it happen to Jezrian. You think you captured him, but our god is splintered. Our oath pack severed. He faded over the weeks and is gone now, beyond your touch at long last. I should welcome the same. I do not. I fear you. Nevertheless, I'm writing answers for you here, because something glimmers deep within me. A fragment of a memory of what I once was. I was there when Ba'ado Mishram was captured. I know the truth of the Radiance, the Recreance, and the Nahel Spren. I tell you, I write it. You must release the captive unmade. She will not fade as I will. If you leave her as she is, she will remain imprisoned for eternity. As one who has suffered for so many centuries, as one whom it broke, please find Mishram and release her, not just for her own good, for the good of all Spren. For I believe that in confining her, we have caused a greater wound to Roshar than any ever realized. Holy shit, dude! All right, first of all, that was really long, so I'm just gonna put I'm just gonna put the part where you said I was there when. Oh, like, you should have just interrupted me then. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, no, I was I was honestly fascinated. <laughs> like I needed to I needed to hear all of that. No, that was I was like I gotta hear. I was like it's. Was I need to reread Rhythm of War, bro. Holy shit! Wait, are you telling me that was in the epigraphs? That's the epigraphs of part four of Rhythm of War. That is the most sick epigraph I've ever heard. I know, dude. It's all it's collect. Completely forgot you, about you, you that. You can That's tell he's, I'm hiding in lasting okay. integrity. Like, yeah. oh my god. Okay, so so collect collect was there. Okay, so so let's go back then. We're wa- we're watching the recreants, the knights radiance discover that surge binding destroyed Ashen, mm-hmm. right? The world where mankind first inhabited the humans world, mm-hmm. right? They then invade Roshar. Are named Voidbringers. The Dawn Singers land. They're called the Voidbringers. Right. Um, somewhere along the lines, the Spren betray the Parshendi. They forgave them when they bonded with Venli. So. Yeah, with Venli. But they betrayed the Parshendi or something and side with the humans, forming... Nahel bonds with them, mm-hmm. 
then the war happens. These these quote unquote. Wait, yeah. The, how do these desolation? When did these desolations start to happen? So that I think. It, okay, this is all theory, and we haven't even talked about enough of the chapter fifty two yet. But it's 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 relevant. Um, so this is what I understand. The humans invade Roshar, and they're welcomed by the singers. They're welcomed by the Parshendi, and the Parshendi give them Shinovar. And Shinovar is protected from the high storms, and so it is very like Ashen. There's trees and grass and areas to graze and farm. And I think that the humans got a little bit more greedy because, you know, humans do that. And went over the mountains and started settling in the land. And the Parshendi started getting madder and madder and madder. And so they went to Honor. And Honor said, it's not honorable. You know, their guests give them the space they need. Is again, This is, again, all a theory. And they went, no, we don't want that. So they went to the other two gods who were on the planet, Odium included, and sided with him to kick off the humans because they were taking over their land. The Spren are honors. It's not honorable to do that, so they side. So that's with where the that's humans. where that's where the spren go. That's where the phrase "they forgave us." Mm-hmm. The Parshendi made the mistake of choosing Odium as their yes. god somehow, somewhere, somehow, right? mm-hmm. somewhere along the lines, right? And then and then we get um, the unmade, which are quote unquote corrupted spren um, from Odium. Odium's corrupting nine great spren pu- too. Great corrupting, like the spren of this world, mm-hmm. Roshar and great spren things that probably are like why the fucking breeze blows yep. and grass grows. Like these are like the pure essences of this world. And Boado Mishram is the 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 queen of them yep. all, right? Because she can give them forms. And in sealing her, the night's radiance did probably the like like the worst thing to ever happen on Roshar. Yeah kind of destroyed the yep. world by by imprisoning the unmade bo adomishram my guess in book 5 we're going to find her we're going to release her and dead eyes will become sprint again that's sick and that's very and adeline sick. will bond with his good girl i, I want that to happen and too. he's going to be an edge dancer and it's going to be sick it's going to be sick so, so to bring it back to the chapter, uh, the radiance decide that, and the spren decide that, in order to, I guess, save the world and to not and have Roshar end up being like Ashen, they're going to give up their powers and they're going to break their oath. Yes, but we're still a little bit unclear how that it has yeah. to how that involves Baado Mishra. Yeah, that'll all come, right. book five. Hopefully, please God. Please <laughs> do not push it to book six. I beg you. Um, but yeah, that is that is what I understand would be my guess. But you know, it's crazy to me that they do this after learning that they're the bad guys. <laughs> What's crazy also is that Spren don't even remember. Mm-hmm. Like if you go to Lasting Integrity where all those honor Spren were, they put Adeline on trial for all of humanity betraying the spren they don't even fucking don't know. know what happened this is it's just crazy it is really crazy i'm, exci- I'm excited and all right well let's get into let's get into some more some dunner dunner well, things. Wait, wait. dalinar can hear spren screaming when they were killing and, and ending the oath he's literally feeling he their felt, pain yes 
he is slowly yes, already yeah, beginning, right. in my opinion. That's his first beginning movement toward becoming a radiant. Uh, and also, You're honor is very right. unhelpful. Shout out Betsy for not bringing up the Everstorm, the true desolation, or anything like that. Cheers, Betsy. Going to be really hard to explain that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just a lot. Like I said, a lot of lore was being dumped there. Um, uh, I probably missed it as well the first time I read mm-hmm. it. Because I definitely missed the word Everstorm. For it's like sure. the fourth time we've caught um, it in this book. <laughs> and it doesn't come till the yeah, end I of mean, the next I'm, book. No, no, I'm saying when I. No, 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 I'm saying when I first no, no, read no, no, it. No, 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 I didn't mean it. that. I'm surprised you missed. Oh. I mean, I'm shocked it's coming up this much. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, incredible, incredible chapter. Yeah. I've definitely gone back and like read that before just to, just to see that flashback. Mm. Oh, I've read that flashback a lot. It's like the only image we still have gotten of the entire Recreants in four books now. Besides that, yeah, besides that. We and, chose. And the trial. and the, Yeah, in the trial, we, we know nothing mm-hmm. else. Which really makes except me for want. that sick ass um, yeah. epigraph you thank just you, read. Thank you. Pretty revealing. It's awesome. Yeah, agreed. But all right, we can talk now about some Donny stuff. But my first thing that stood out to me—that was a spoiler here—was when um, Cal- Caladin is wondering why they can sing while they killed. If only he knew. If only he knew that they are not singing joy. No, those like, are probably mournful songs. Right? They oh for sure. Yeah, you know what's interesting though. Sometimes Dalinar, and um, I think Dalinar is one of the first to do it. But and then obviously Navani and Rhythm of War. But they can understand the feelings a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Dalinar will point out in a battle that the rhythm, the tempo has changed. Like he's like, it feels exciting, or it feels like this. It feels anger. It feels angry. Um, so they can kind of hear the rhythms if they mm-hmm. try hard enough, like, you know, like they can kind of be fully part of Roshar if they give themselves to, right. But they, they're not fully from Roshar, so they can't really hear wonder. the rhythms. Oh God, I'm not going to get back into it. No, let's not. All right. <laughs> Stick to the chapter. Stick to the chapter. I was about to bring up like the same shit. I swear to God. Okay. Oh yeah. man. Um, so yeah. Very interesting, um, and I see you have here that you think that the Parshendi straight up that know that Kaladin might be a Radiant, Knight's Radiant. I'm pretty sure they do. I'm pretty sure when we get flashback chapters for Venli and for Eshenai, they are starting to recognize that there is a Radiant over there, or there's someone who's bonded to a Spren is probably what they think of, because think about it. They, they all shoot at him. None of them can hit him. And they're but like, Wait are these guys old enough to remember that, though, dude? I think so. The reason they killed Gavilar is because he told them that they, they were gonna, he was going to bring gods. back their old gods. Yeah. So uh, do they know he's a Knight's Radiant? Maybe not, but they probably know he's got something going on. For sure. Because if I remember, For we're sure. going to start getting him doing like the crazy um, distraction stuff really soon, and they're going to really try to kill him. <laughs> they're yeah. going to really try. <laughs> Because they know that he's something special. Um, but other than that, I mixed up uh, Dunny and Dabid in this book, or in this chapter. But Dabid is the one that's important later. Dunny is uh, Dunny is. Dead. I think I did as well, because I was kind of shocked when Dunny died. And I was like, that, Me too. that doesn't make any sense why he died so early. But you're right, it's Dabid later on in the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and, I really mix those two up. And, ob- and, and, and yeah, Teft, Teft, pretty obvious, you know, dropping some heavy hints here that... That Kaladin is a nice radiant. You know, he's really not hiding it at this point. No, I know. Like if you've if you've read ahead and you're doing a read through, you 
notice immediately that Teft is on top of this. But yeah. Betsy don't know. Betsy has no idea what he's talking about. I, yeah. I kind of, it took me a while, dude, <laughs> on my first read through. Um, because it's just there's just so much content, I kind of just didn't pick up on it. And uh, but he, I think this is when I started going, oh, he's like becoming the assassin in white. That's what I thought. Yes, yes. Because I thought that Betsy might have picked up when you brought up uh, how none of the arrows could hit him. How similar that was to some of the things that Zeth has yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. But I'm trying not to say it outright. But I am. But it, it, it's it's going to become a little bit more apparent when we get to. Uh, later chapters, he's going to he's going to start sticking things to the wall, and then you'll be yeah, like, yeah. "Very soon, yeah, very soon." That right. happens in this book. No, it happens. No, no, no. It, happen- it happens in this book. He sticks like something to a wall, briefly, briefly. Okay, okay, yeah. He swears his second ideal in this book. That I know. Yeah, the very, very sure. end. But we're not there yet. Teft is like, wow, dude, you're right, radiant. Please, for the love of God, have Stormlight on you at all times. <laughs> right. Um, he literally yells at him in this chapter. He's like, no, you keep those on you. They are lucky. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Teft really, oh, really is the un- unsung hero. Rest in peace, my man. Yeah, oh, RIP. That still hurts. That's gonna it's, and it will and it will, Fuck it will Moash, hurt again. Bro. Fuck Moash. Moash did nothing wrong. I can't believe you've said this. <laughs> um, oh chapter God. 54. Uh, lots to talk about here. Lots oh boy. to talk about okay. here. Okay, so let's let's just get the politicking out of the way. Oh wait, no, we can't because it's actually important too. <laughs> let's go. Let's 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 start with. Uh, yeah, dude. What do you mean? It's the I, first comment about a herald. Uh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot that it's about it's about Ashar. All right, so let's start at the beginning. Um, All right, wit. Uh, the first comment is Dalinar calls Navani a renowned scholar. You know, she does not Wonderful. think of herself that way, as we know. I really enjoyed that, though. Really made me happy knowing the way that she thinks of herself later on. Uh, even though she invents a flying ship. She's she's absolutely brilliant, you know. I know. She's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, Wit did some Hoyd stuff. Wit, Wit, do you think, so Wit t- was testing Dalinar. Wit, for mm-hmm. some reason, at that moment, thought that Dalinar might be Cosmere aware I don't know yep. why he got that impression from Dalinar. Neither do I. But perhaps he can tell that Dalinar is receiving visions from honor, right? Because like Lyft can see it. Lyft can mm-hmm. enter. We know that later on Lyft can enter the visions being sent to Dalinar. And we know that she gets, she is touched by cultivation. Um, mm-hmm. So perhaps uh, Hoyd knows that Dalinar has been in those visions and is becoming a little more Cosmere aware. That would make sense. Right? That would make sense. He looks at him, he's he just like Adelnasium and he's just searching for anything. It's so that... funny. <laughs> God damn. I cannot believe. He just like, said Adelnasium. He just said Adelnasium. <laughs> Literally the god of the Cosmere that got murdered by Hoyt. Yes. One one day when we finish when we finish the the way the Stormlight series, I think at that point I can we can tell Betsy about Adelnasium. The same way we did the Hoyd thing. I think that after after the storm after Rhythm of War, you don't think we can talk about I think about after 
I think we would need to read the first trilogy of Mistborn and Secret History because then it'll really, really sink in because we'll get a lot of vessel stuff. We'll get a lot of preservation. I think that when we reread reread Rhythm of War, I think a lot gets dropped there that we forget about. Okay. Let's leave it. We won't make a decision now. Yeah. No point. Yeah. We got a lot of time. Okay. All right. So... Um, so yeah, Hoyt is Hoyt is being Hoyt. Mentions the he even Cosmere. says the word Cosmere. Yep, he even brings up Cosmere. Not the first I really time. Really thought. Betsy not the first was time we heard it, it though. Not true. The, the Ardents said it in the inter, in the last interludes we were talking about. Um, Very good point. But but Dalinar goes to the group and they're discussing the war in Tukar, in Tukar and Amul and Amul. Right now, refresh my memory. I know that. The Herald Ishar has mm. taken over Amul? Takar. Takar. He's taken over Takar. He's a god priest. He's the god priest of Takar. Right. And I think he says he is the almighty reborn. Gotcha. So he's out of his fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's completely lost it. The only moment we get of him that's normal is when uh, uh, Navani swears her bondsmith oath. And he's like, oh, come find me in Shinovar. We got to talk. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes crazy again. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, what, what, what's Ishar doing in, in Takar? Like, what, what, are, what is his goal there? I don't think. Okay, okay. Well, there's a lot that we don't know about his goals in Tukar. It's mostly around, um, I know, higher spren is maybe the right way to put it. Because high spren obviously are a type of higher spren. That's what the skybreakers uh, bond with. But like, what is the, they call them that? There's something like the next level of spren. What do you Cognitive mean? spren, the ones that can be bonded. Oh, 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 yeah. There's like, I yeah, I know what you're like saying like a higher level of spren. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of the name, but that's okay. Uh, he's trying to get them to come into the physical world as physical beings. Remember, you can see the full cryptic, the full honor spren, just dead on his tables of operating tables. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's something. That's, He's doing something with fascinating. that. Yeah, yeah. I want to mm-hmm. learn more about it. <laughs> Me too, buddy. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But no, I, I, I do believe after this chapter, we do get Hoyd and Kaladin. On yeah, the pla- on the shadow. I know. Planes. Well, let, don't, let's save it. Let's just let's save okay, it. Okay, okay. Let's okay, save okay, it okay, okay, because okay, it's sorry. so wonderful. It's so good. We're going to get it's the so story good. of the Wander Sale from Hoyd <sighs> to Kaladin. Um, and I, I am a sucker for a Hoyd story. Uh, Who isn't? Yeah, and you know what? He's told two in a full books now, and that is so wonderful. I know. Uh, I we need we need more. Well, I do wonder something's going to be different with Sunlit Man, but we can't talk about it yet. Um, no. So yeah, we got first comments about that. So w- when I made the mistake earlier and I said World Hopper, um, the reason I actually did that is that Arden is a World Hopper. I figured. But where where what's the name of the Arden? That we didn't get a name. We didn't get a name of that Arden? No, we don't get a name. How'd you know? He doesn't swear in any weird way. How'd you know it was a world hopper? He's probably something ghost blood, is my guess. How'd you know it was a world hopper, then? Because of a wob. Oh, here we go. I got it. Oathbringer Chicago signing. 
there is an ardent in the way of kings who's like described as short and he's at a party and uses the word soil do we know who he is brandon says that is specifically a world hopper i don't think i've revealed who he is but i'm still gonna raffo just in case that is somebody wow (laughs) very good catch very good catch thank you soil dude they don't got soil they don't got soil unless in shinovar they have soil except in shinovar but right, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I don't actually have that much more for this chapter. The last thing I wrote out is I think Sadius's hungry eyes weren't about the shard blade. They were about finally getting rid of Dalinar. Well, the thing is, that's not completely true. Sadius does believe that he's what he's doing is for the 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 is for the greater good of a left car. That's true. Um, he doesn't. I don't think he really feels good about. Um, getting rid of Dalinar. I think that he thinks that this is like he said, I think he said something like it's an honorable way to go out just fighting. And like you're, you've, he thinks that Dalinar is fucking crazy. Like, like, like he does, he does actively think that, that Dalinar is, true. is, is crazy. His loss, his edge is no longer the Blackthorn is, is useless. He's a threat. Yeah. To a left car. Yes. In reality. Is an, an absolute liability. He thinks he's a li- That's the he thinks word, he's a liability. Threat. So um, he is also greedy, though, and of course wants uh, shard plate, shard blade. But if you think about it, he's willingly giving the Parshendi a shard plate and shard blade to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, he does end up getting a blade anyway. No, for sure. So but his original happy. plan was to just give up Dalinar's shard plate and blade to the Parshendi and Adelins and Adelins. Actually, then when I really think about it. This was a terrible fucking idea. It was he, a really bad idea. Sadeus is not a smart guy. He's strengthening the Parshendi tenfold by giving them two sets of blade and plate. It would allow him to like really go crazy on them with the backing of the king to go get that back and to really like extend the war. But that, he's a fucking idiot because he doesn't even have himself. a blade himself. You know, he That's only true. has plate. Well, yeah, yeah it, pretty much pretty dumb plan when you think about it. Uh Yep. But it is Thaddeus. Um But good thing is Kaladin's there, and he's going to ruin the whole plan for yeah. you, Thaddeus. So, and not the first time, not the last time, until... Um, Adolin stabs him in the neck or something and kills him. <laughs> in the yeah. eye, bro. He stabs him in the eye. That still is probably one of the most ridiculous it's so twists random. I've read. It's in so random. It just feels like... like, it just, like It feels like Brandon was just like... I'm fucking done with this character. I don't know. Adolin kills him, and let's just be on with it. He's like, I don't even like you, yeah. and I wrote you. Like, <laughs> so random. Um, but yeah, that's all I had. Do you oh, have man. anything else? That is all I had as well. So go ahead, Rich. Take right, us we're, home. We're headed off, getting off the bus, and going home. Thank you for, to the uh, Kremlings joining us into the spoiler section. Again, if you'd like to contact us, highlyinvestedpodcast at gmail.com, and... Follow us on Instagram at Highly Invested Podcast. Look out for the Sunlit Man. Should be out by the time this episode is airing. So we're going to be really excited to talk about that. Hopefully Dapper and I can speed blitz. Hold it yeah, together. Yeah, hold it together. Speed blitz through it and then uh, schedule an episode. To oh, talk I'll finish about it in a few yeah, days. Yeah, no, I know. You're a faster reader than I am. Uh, well, you're also going to listen while you're running. So it'll be fine. No, you, I can't listen to it. Won't the audiobooks won't be out for that yet? Only, oh, only so the ebooks. True. Yeah. 
but we'll oh, do what screwed. we can. Oh, I'm screwed. I'm just gonna have to sit there and not be able to talk to anyone about this. <laughs> well, uh, we'll do we'll do the best we can. Um, but I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, Kremlings. Uh, see you next time. I feel like I can guess what yours would be. Mine, And it would be like Return of the King. Ooh. No. Is it Star Wars? Yes. But which one? Does it matter? They're all terrible. I don't know the answer to that. (laughs) You guys. All right. I can't deal with it. Let's just move on. (laughs) What is it? The answer is Rogue One. Oh, of course it's Rogue One. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm obsessed with it. Uh, no, definitely Rogue One all day. That movie is one of the best movies ever created. No matter what Richie says, I love Rogue One. I thought that was the best. I think that's the best Star Wars movie, hands down. I would agree. I would agree. I'm probably going to get hate. I mean, Empire obviously is more classic Star Wars and great Star Wars for that reason. Why does but Rogue One feel so different than all the other ones? Because it has. It does feel different. Rogue One has an ending. <laughs> and it and it's a satisfying ending because spoilers every, for Rogue One everybody they dies. all die everybody dies they all die so it's a bittersweet and wonderful ending and Darth Vader looks cool at the end yeah and there's a good amount of fan service with him and so that coupled with a very good ending that also fills in a so, lot of plot holes from the original trilogy and it's made it and it's instead of the, like the the trilogies. There's no plushy toy trying to be sold. There's no forced conversations and awkward conversations, and uh, there's no terrible plot because it was a something that already happened in the past, so they couldn't fuck it up. <laughs> Everyone, mark this day. Richie defended Star Wars. I I can die happy now. That I is defi- the most amazing I, I thing that ever happened. I defended it, but I also just shat on the all the trilogies. <laughs> the well, that's time. normal. That's you. <laughs> I can't I can't ask you to stop being you. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not fair. Okay. All right. All right. Should we Should we dive in? We got a lot. To I talk think we about. should. <laughs> I think we do. We do have a lot to talk right. about. This could just be the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just me complimenting Richie for defending Star Wars. This took seventeen uh, minutes. We gotta We gotta stop. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> we don't talk enough. Uh, I think it's fair. I think it's fine to say because it's not really a spoiler. It's like the most obvious thing in all of his books. If you read any other book, you see it, and so and it doesn't spoil Way of Kings. It doesn't. If anything, spoil it would enhance her. It would enhance her reading of it. I think. Agreed. I think it's. I think, and every time that she's going to pay more attention, exactly. it's worth. And all, it. and all we it's say good. is, and all we say is that this is a character. That the name. You just guess we're recording the whole spoiler section. No, we're not. <laughs> we're having a cover. Get out, Betsy. <laughs> okay. She can't hear okay. us. Okay. Um, for for the listeners, because I am gonna add this to the podcast. Actually, Betsy is taking her headphones off, so she can't hear us right now. Um, okay. And then we're just chatting spoilers. Okay. So she can she can join. We'll just tell her about. <laughs>